So without any further ado, my pastor, Pastor John Holler. Amen. Thank you very much. Pastor Brandon, I love you. From the first day I saw you, and from that day when you and Brandon came forward in a service, it was after church, actually, wasn't it? We'd already dismissed the service, and I laid my hands on Brandon and Brandon. And they both were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a wonderful, wonderful moment. I have a, I have a product table out there from Christ for the Nations. As as you all know, I, I serve on the President's Council there at Christ for the Nations, and, and I'm an instructor for CF&I. And I, uh, I wanted to just inform you that we have a number of... of nice things from CF&I out there, things that you can take for free. Please take all of these brochures here and this little card and a couple of uh, the later issues, the latest issues of Christ for the Nations magazine. Those are all free. We do have a few things for sale if you can look uh, at the table and find what you like. The song, the Revelation song that everyone has been in love with for, for a few years is on this glorious CD actually called glorious it's not my opinion it says right there glorious so it's on the glorious cd and uh, uh the revelation song was first recorded by christ for the nations and has gone around the world and is still a a, a real favorite uh for god's people so you can get that that glorious cd for ten dollars or whatever you can afford i'm gonna let you have that one and Miss, Miss Ann has, has a bunch of things out there. Now, Dennis Lindsay, our director, ha, I mean, our president, has just finished these two volumes. It's actually, it's part uh, 17, but it's in, it's in two pieces, two volumes, uh, on, on creation and uh, the, attack of, the attack by evolutionists on the authority of the Word of God. I think every high school student ought to read these two books. You can get them both today for $10. If you can't afford $10, just take them. Fair enough? All right. Praise the Lord. Hey, Amen. If you can't afford $10, you've got bigger problems than not having read those books. But you, if you get them, you read them. Get them and read them. You'll enjoy, you'll enjoy what it does for you. Amen. Take your Bible, please, and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Anybody know what it says? Oh, I guess you do know what it says. These big words right up here behind me. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Bible teaches us that faith is both an evidence and a substance. It's evidence and a substance. If you ever hope for anything, 
The moment you get into faith, you have the substance of it. You may not even have it manifested, but the real thing is. That's why God says He chose us from the foundation of the world. You see all that language in the Scriptures, especially in the book of Ephesians, where it says that we were predestinated before the foundation of the world. All that really is saying is it had not manifested yet. Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world, but He didn't die back then. He died on a place called Golgotha. Right? About 2,000 years ago. But he was slain before the foundation of the world. That, that, that didn't mean they had a crucifixion. He didn't have a crucifixion before the foundation of the world. It was just in the mind of God. It was in the heart of God. And all that is is a description of God who believes. God is a faith God. That's why you must believe Him. He will allow you to believe anything you want to believe. But if, but if, you, want the, to, if you want to interact with God, you must believe what He says. It's as though, if I can say this, it's as though Almighty God is obsessed with being believed. Because He gave Jesus. And let me say to you, if I give my firstborn son for you, I'm serious about my love for you. He gave Jesus so that every, so that every man, woman, boy, and girl could choose to know Christ. And choose to be in the family of God. And choose to live forever. He gave Jesus for that purpose. But if a man will not believe the story, that is the gospel. And the gospel is real simple. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And He was buried. And He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. I want to cut through all the religious fog today and tell you what the real gospel is. Christ died for your sins according to the Scriptures. And He was buried. And He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Did you hear your name in there anywhere? No, because the gospel is not about you. The gospel is about Christ. It's about we, us, hearing the gospel and believing it. Believing it. It's not anything, there's not anything for you to perform. There are no hoops for you to jump through. There's no dance for you to do. Where is Lee? There's no dance for you to do. Lee's telling me about a cat that, 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 that they tried to get to push a lever and drop out a piece of food, you know. He said one day the cat accidentally walked around around the thing and he accidentally bumped it and the food came out. Well, then in, in the cat's mind, it was about the dance. Pretty soon he started making up all these weird moves because once in a while he might move and bump the thing and it would drop, it would drop a treat out. He got to thinking it was all about the dance. Listen, don't get, it, don't get it mixed up. It's not about how much you worship Jesus that determines whether or not you're going to heaven. It's not about how much you tithe. I hate saying that, but it's not. It's not about, it's not about how much you tithe. <laughs> not about how much money you put in the offering plate. I hope this doesn't hurt you. It, 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 it's not about, not about how often you... Sh- Show up in church. I don't like saying that one either. It's about what He did. And will you believe that He did enough to save you? That's what the Bible teaches us. But if if a man hears that message and will not believe that message, the Bible says he goes to hell. God, having paid the horrible price He paid to save men from eternal damnation, will let a man go to hell if he won't believe Him. If he won't believe Him. If he won't believe God. God is a faith God. Your predestination was all in His own heart and in His own mind and what He believed about you. And the Bible here says faith is a substance. Well, I think it's working. You're here. What God believed about you is working. You're here. Come on, tell somebody. You're here. Come on, tell somebody beside you. You're here. Yeah. Kenan, she's here. Yeah. You're here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
the evidence of things not seen. I want to talk to you just for a few moments about what faith is. Miss Ann and I, we're cowboy fans. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I don't know what you are. It doesn't matter to me. I pity you if you're not a Cowboy fan. That's just all there is to it. They say, well, the Cowboys haven't done much lately. We've been to the Super Bowl eight times. We've got five rings. There's only one other team that's better than us. Now, it's been a long time since we've been there. I love the Dallas Cowboys. And I record them because I don't get to watch them like I love to. I don't get to watch them. Now, my wife, I've been dragging her along all these years. She doesn't like Jerry Jones. I said, who does? <laughs> You're not saying anything with that. But I finally got her to stop calling Tony Romo that other word that rhymes with Romo. I got her to stop that. But I watched the Dallas Cowboys after I've recorded it. And I scream and holler at the TV like I'm going to change what's already happened. I've got news for you that you can't change what's already happened. Faith is not the substance of things that happen. Faith is the substance of things. Come on, point out in front of you. Faith is the substance of things out there. In the f- <laughs> That's where your faith's working. Your faith only works in the present and in your future. Your faith does not work in the past. That's why it is a religious, it is a religious deception to say, "Oh, I believe the miracles in the Bible, but I, I don't believe they're for today." Really? You don't believe that if you don't believe it now because faith doesn't work that direction. The only reason you believe the miracles of the Bible, the only reason you believe the promises in the Bible is because Jesus is not dead. He is alive today. The Word of God died and rose again from the dead and that makes what He did still workable and still active and still alive today. Pardon me for shouting. I get excited about these things. Faith doesn't work in the reverse. Faith works in the forward. It works out there ahead of you. It paves the way for where your life is going. Is this all right? Praise God. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I appreciate it. God is not a used-to-be God. He's not a once-was God. He's not just a voice from the past. Our prophet is not dead. He is alive and speaking today. Everything he promised then, he is backing up now with his presence at the right hand of the Father. You can't wish for your favorite team to have won the Super Bowl if they didn't. You can only look forward. Man, have we said that a bunch of Ben Cowboy fans. Well, next year, 16 years in a row, next year. I'm tired of that. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. I'm not going to keep you long today. Praise God. Romans 10, 17, we, we talked about what faith was. Faith is 
the substance of things hoped for. By the way, that also answers, for those of you who come from a liturgical background, and there's this question about, the, about communion, the bread and the cup, you know, whether it actually becomes the, the body and blood of Jesus. Transubstantiation is the doctrine. I know it's a big word. But it, it, th- th- there are some who believe that if you take the bread and the cup, it actually becomes the actual body of, and blood of Jesus. I say it doesn't make any difference. And others just say, no, it's just a symbol. Well, I say it's somewhere between. How many of you figured out that in the two extremes of any idea, the truth is usually right out in the middle somewhere? Let me just give you what the truth is. Let me just let me give you what I what I believe the Bible teaches us about the truth. Faith is a substance, transubstance, transubstantiation. They're trying to say that it becomes the substance. If your faith says so, it does. That's all you got to do is get in faith. Your faith is all the substance you need for anything. Everybody understanding this? Your faith is all the substance you need for anything. The moment you are in faith, the reality and the manifestation of what it is you're believing is coming. Glory to God. Brandon and Krista wanted this baby. She wanted this baby. And she had some trouble on the road to this baby. A couple of big disappointments. Broken-hearted disappointments. They called and said, Pastor John, we want to come see you. I said, okay. So she had said to Ann, I don't want this to be the end of my, I don't know if you use the career, but the word career, but she said, I don't want the, this a miscarriage to be the end of my baby career. I don't want to, I don't want to finish my having babies like this. And so we prayed. And believed God. A few weeks later, they called and said, Okay, we've got another cookie baking in the oven. Those are my words. And we stood in faith and believed God that this would not be like the others. Y'all saw her, didn't you? Here she is. When you believe God, your substance is then. All you're waiting on is a manifestation. How many of you women here have ever given birth to a baby? Huh? Did you see that baby? Did you see that baby before it was born without the doctor's help? You might have gone and done the sonogram thing, you know. Babies aren't very pretty in that condition. But you didn't see that baby until the baby came. No, you, but you believed that baby was there. Hear me. When you get a word from God, the substance starts growing on the inside of you. Don't ever think that it's not happening. Don't let the devil tell you, well, you know, that's just, that's just that stuff Pastor Brandon preaches. He, just, he has to say that because he has to preach from the Bible. No, the Bible is the book for our lives. The Bible is the book for your life. I'm not saying you have to believe that. I'm saying the Bible is the book for your life. Your life will not go in the right direction if you're not on the Word of God. Your life will go in the direction of that which you truly believe. And what you truly believe is dictated by what you constantly confess. I'm going to say it again. Your life will go in the direction of that which you truly believe, whether you like it or not. 
your life will go in the direction of that which you truly believe. And what you truly believe is dictated by what you constantly talk about, what you constantly confess. I'm not saying you can't be sarcastic once in a while, praise God. What, what would mother-in-laws do? But I'm just saying you can't, <laughs> you can't do it constantly because what you constantly talk about, what you constantly confess is what dictates what you believe. Romans 10, 17 then says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What that means is that you and I uh, have a way to get faith. I am thankful that I wasn't just told that I needed to have faith. And I don't want to come here and tell you you need to have faith and leave it at that. You already knew that. You knew faith was your answer to everything. God believed that faith was the answer to everything. That's why when he got ready to have a family like you, a family of sons and daughters, he had to sow a seed. He had to put faith in his own laws of seed time and harvest. And so he sowed the seed of, of the best son he had. Glory to God. Sowed the seed of Jesus. Amen. I'm just here to tell you today that you're not some sort of stepchild or some semblance of what Christ is like. The Bible teaches us that seed produces after its own kind. Seed, we can't get over that baby born in Bethlehem. Oh, holy night. Right? Silent night. Holy night. What made it so holy? It's because there was a holy baby born there. Hello? Hello? You've been born again. There's a holy baby, the same kind, born inside of you. Just as holy. Just as holy. You got born again and you're just as holy inside your inner man as that baby born in Bethlehem. God didn't sow that seed and have him buried to produce something that wasn't like him. Glory to God. Glory to God. That turns my crank right there. Wouldn't, wouldn't. You cannot grow in faith if you continually hear the opposite of faith. Your faith grows as you hear the promises of God. Ann and I were told that our poor children, I actually had a barber tell me this. Oh, I feel sorry for your kids. You're going into ministry. Preacher's kids always turn out bad. Do you know that's what the world said because they've seen it so much? The world just gathers its truth by what it sees. We said our kids aren't going to be like that. Now, I'm not saying they were perfect. They were still kids, but they were nobody ever thought of my kids as typical PKs. All of them in full-time ministry today. All of them living for God. All of them, they have strong testimonies. They've, they've seen wonderful miracles in their lives. We were told for years that coffee was bad for you. Then a Japanese scientist did a study on it finally. Found out it's really a health drink. It's full of B vitamins. Glory to God. I feel it. I mean, what men tell us, it changes all the time. So you really want to be careful about how you hear it. We were told when I was a kid that somehow crystals. I said, where do crystals come from, teach? Well, just, we don't know. Well, then how do you know what you're about to tell me is true? Somehow they formed and on the back of these crystals were these little tiny Particles and that lightning struck just as it got to planet Earth and 
boom, smash, bang them up there was life. A one-celled amoeba comes squiggling up out of the out of the water. Teacher, what did it eat? That one question stops evolution in its tracks. What did the thing eat? You ask me to believe in this this astronomical chance of life springing out of nothing. Okay, I'm with you. What did it eat? I know. It didn't exist. It didn't eat nothing. It didn't happen that way. I'll tell you what. <laughs> what did it eat? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> didn't happen that way at all. God created man. And God put the food here before He created man so He'd have plenty to eat. So, second thing you've got to know is how to get faith. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by continually hearing the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. One translation I like says it this way, So then faith comes by hearing and understanding the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and understanding the Word of God. Now I want to talk to you about how to activate your faith. Second, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Well, you guys got some guitar pickers in this church. Wow, that guy over there that's all tatted up, he can even sing good. Praise God. Hallelujah. Play the guitar and sing. 2 Corinthians 4.13 we, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed. Come on, let's say it. I believed. Therefore have I spoken. Come on. Therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. The Apostle Paul is setting a standard for us here. Here in this passage, if you read the entire context, he's talking about how they kept talking about their faith in the midst of all kinds of horrific trouble. But he kept saying it. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. I might be knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. Glory to God. So how do you activate your faith? I was standing on the platform at Christ for the Nations one time, and our, our director then was a guy by the name of Dr. Larry Hill. Dr. Hill was standing there, and a young man came up to receive ministry. Hill had received a, 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 a word of knowledge that went out there, and this young man came up and said, That's me. And the young man he said, what kind of cancer? He said, i got pancreatic cancer. The doctors are saying I have somewhere around six months. And he's one of our students. I'll never forget him. His name is Michael Washington. Michael Washington came up there. And for the first time and only time that it ever happened in the four years I worked for Dr. Hill, 20 people, staff members, sitting on the platform, 1,100 students in the auditorium. This one guy comes up and tells him he has pancreatic cancer. When I was a little boy, when I was 12, 11, 12 years old, I had had pancreatitis. Now, if you know anything about this condition, it's an inflammation. It's not cancer, but it's an inflammation of the pancreas that causes extreme 
temperatures, high fever, and extraordinary pain. I had that as a kid. It made me so sick. I was in agony and high temperatures, temperatures that rained that went up to 109. I mean, it was ridiculous. It felt like it was cooking me. Uh, and the, the, the level where it would give an adult brain damage. Now, I didn't get brain damage, and I'd prefer that you not talk to Miss Ann about that. But uh, <laughs> I was very, very sick. And one night, my dad knelt down by my bed as I was writhing, dying in the hospital. My dad knelt down beside my bed. My dad, let me tell you something, loved God, was saved, had faith, but he wasn't living like he should have at the time. But he knelt down beside my bed, took, my, took my, me by the hand, said, John, boy, you want to pray with me? I said, okay. I didn't know. I said, yeah. And he prayed for me. I couldn't even hear. I just heard him mumbling. Couldn't hear what he said. But my fever dropped. The next day, they took the stomach pump off. The next day, they were pulling up. They, were, they were started taking feeds out of me. They said, you're going to be okay. And the day after that, they let me out of the hospital and I went home. And I've been completely well ever since. Can I have a good amen? Dr. Hill, I'm 57 years old now. When, when, so that 45 years ago. That's about the same time I started playing the guitar. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Hill didn't know my story. He didn't know I'd been healed of, healed of pancreatitis. He had no idea. He never had heard it. But Michael Washington standing there in front of him with pancreatic cancer Dr. Hill says, hang on right there. Pastor John Holler, I want you to come over here. Okay. Walked over. He said, this man has pancreatic cancer, and I want you to pray for him. He said, Pastor John's going to pray for you, Mr. Mr. Washington. He said, what did he say you have? He said, I have pancreatic cancer. The doctor's just given me months to live. I said, oh, man. So I told him the story I just told you about how I was healed when my daddy prayed for me. How Jesus healed me of pancreatitis. I said, I don't know what that does for you, fella, but that's a word from God. And when you've got a word from God like this, you can put your faith in that. I'm here to tell you right now, Jesus is going to heal you. Right here. He said, okay. So I laid my hands on Michael Washington in the name of Jesus. He walked down and went away. He came back. We, had a, we, had, we have chapel just about every morning at Christ for the Nations. And then a few days later, I don't know if it was a week or two weeks, but it wasn't long, he comes running down the aisle. Dr. Hill, Dr. Hill, interrupted the whole thing. Dr. Hill, Dr. Hill, I've got to tell, I've got to tell you something. He said, remember me. You all know where this is going, don't you? He went back to the doctors, and the doctors are standing there scratching their head after they've run all kinds of tests. They rerun all the first tests because when they ran this last test, they said it didn't show any cancer at all. So they reran all the other tests. They said, we don't know what's happened. I guess we were wrong. We don't know what happened. But you don't have cancer of the pancreas anymore. Glory be to God. You're going to live and not die. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and... Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. 
And then he says here in 2 Corinthians 4.13, we have the same spirit of faith as is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. It is imperative that you get your mouth open. This is talking about how to activate your faith. I don't know if you here in this room have challenges. Anybody here have challenges? Let me see your hands. Everybody's got challenges. The rest of you are challenged with telling the truth. Everybody has challenges. Sometimes our challenges are big. Sometimes they're small. But everyone has challenges. Hmm? And we wouldn't need people like Joey Huffman out there rescuing us all the time. We have challenges in this life. Things happen. Stuff happens. It just happens. May I say to you, just because you're a Christian, just because you're a person of faith, doesn't mean you're not going to have trouble. If they told you all your troubles were over, they didn't tell you the whole story. Your troubles aren't over, but you have victory in you so you can win every time. You can't stop the devil from attacking you, but you can sure stop him from taking you out. Trip Randolph, Trip, what are you, 110 or 115? What? Truett Randolph been saved more than most of you have been alive. Put any two or three of you together. He's been, he'd been saved longer than that. And I'll tell you, Truett has walked by faith. But Truett, have you seen some trouble? He's seen some trouble. But he's still here. He's still here because uh, I, I learned a lot about faith from, from Truett Randolph. Because he, he would say, John, it's going to be okay. I was a youth pastor. My, my, my bus broke down. Had a bus full of kids. Way off out in the stick someplace. Segovia. Segovia, Texas, and our bus broke down. Truett and Patsy, we were out there, and I felt like a loser. Bus broke down in the middle of the night trying to get back from a youth trip, and I just stood there like this, thinking, God, I am a loser. (laughs) Truett walked up to me and put his hand on my shoulder. He said, John, God knows where we are. And all my clouds went away. I said, that's right. God knows where we are. When we got home that night, everything was just fine. Everything worked out just fine. It was just, just a miracle of God. We were able to get, get the contacts made to get some vans down there and haul us all back. Let me say to you, God knows where you are, but he needs the cooperation of your mouth to make it happen. To make the miracles happen for you, he needs you to cooperate and not go to talking unbelief and doubt. You activate your faith by your confession. Can I move along? Please, somebody say. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse seven, and I finish with this. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse seven, for we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to talk to you now about how to stay in faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. See, I found that the opposite of faith is not fear. I used to preach that, I don't preach that anymore. I found that the opposite of faith is not doubt and unbelief. I used to preach that, but I don't preach that anymore. I found, according to this scripture, the opposite of faith is sight. Because if you live by what you see, fear will come. If you live by what you see, doubt and unbelief will come. The real problem is what you see. Numbers chapter 13 tells an interesting story. If I may use a Bible illustration to help with this. Numbers chapter 13, the story is that Moses sends 12 spies, one from every tribe. Pastor Brandon, you know this story well. One from every tribe. There were 12 tribes. 
sent them up into the promised land, all 12 of these guys up there, and told them to spy out the land and bring back a report. Well, they did bring back a report. They were gone for 40 days. They brought back a report. And in that report were opinions. Ten of them brought back an evil report, the Bible says. Two of them brought back a good report. Ten of them brought back an evil report. That is, they said the wrong thing. Two of them brought back a good report. That is, they said the right thing. Two, uh, ten of them said the wrong thing. Two of them said the right thing. Now let's not forget, they had all seen the same thing. Right? Ten of them said the wrong thing about what they'd seen. Two of them said the right thing about what they'd seen. So what that tells you is, what they said was not based on what they had seen. What they said was based purely on what they believed about what they had seen. What do you believe about your troubles? What do you believe about your problems? Are they bigger than your confession? Are they bigger than your faith? If they are, then they're bigger than your God. Because He rides on your faith. His power, the excellency of His power. It says there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that the excellency of the power may be certainly proven to be of God and not generated from us. You don't have the power to win in life, but your faith does. Because it is the substance of everything you hope for. Anybody hoping for evil to come into your life? Anybody hoping for trouble to come into your life? If you are, you need a serious session with Pastor Brandon. I mean, you need counseling. Oh, I hope things go bad today. No, who, who does that? Nobody wakes up and says, you know, Jesus, if you can work it out, I'd like, I'd like some calamities today. Just, just two. One in the morning, one in the afternoon, that'll tie me over. Does anybody ever really do that? No, because these are not things you hope for. So your faith is not attached to them. Huh? But we do it inadvertently with our mouth by saying, well, I knew that was going to happen. All right, yeah, you, you I could have told you that was going to happen. It gets quiet in here when I start meddling. Ah, oh, yeah, I, I figured. I knew that. Nothing, ever, nothing ever, like, good ever happens like that for me. Every time I try something, it just falls apart. Your life is being programmed by what you say because it will go in the direction of that which you truly believe. I want to say that it's possible to be in the majority and to be all kinds of wrong. Ten out of twelve were all kinds of wrong. Father, I thank you today for this opportunity to teach your people, to teach the people of God what faith is and how to get faith and how to activate faith 
and how to stay in faith. Would you bless them now with understanding, with understanding concerning these issues? In Jesus' name, amen. With your heads bowed for one moment, who here in this place will say, you know, I've never put faith in Christ, but I want to today. I've heard a message about faith, and I want to confess Jesus as my Lord today, and I want to know where I'm going to spend eternity. Because he did die for your sins, according to the Scriptures, and he was buried, and he rose again the third day. Is that you? Would you lift a hand and let us pray for you?